Welcome back to the Outdoor Adventures Podcast. I got my co-host Dylan Williams with me today in the studio and his buddy and our guest, Cody Fox. Hey, Cody. How's it going? It's good. Thanks for thanks for being on. We're excited to have you. You do a lot of cool outdoor stuff. And, you know, pre-game as we were warming up, sounds like you're like me and you're a bit of a collector of hobbies. Big time, yeah. I like to stay busy and uh, love the outdoors. So there's a ton of stuff to do in the PNW. So yeah. it works out. Uh, and you're wearing, a, you're rocking a Matthews hat, which is the bow that I shoot. So I, like, yeah, I'm on board. Sweet deal. That's yeah. a nice hat. Thank you. My stepdad, he just bought a uh, Phase Four like two weeks ago. Nice. So he gave it to me. <laughs> right well, on, dude. We just raffled off a what was it? A VX VR three or VX three or something yesterday at the 3D shoot. Matthews. Was that out at Horner's? Yeah. Oh man, I think I might hit that up today. Yeah, Horner's is pretty cool. Sweet yeah. Deal, yeah. I should have told you about that bow shoot. You'd have liked it. Dang it, man! Are yeah. they still doing stuff today out there? Well, this was they they are doing their normal shoot for it's twenty bucks, but ours was forty bucks yesterday, and half the money went to Link Up Vets, oh, which gosh. is a local veterans organization. And uh, yeah, we had about fifty guys come out to shoot, and we raffled off the bow and a rangefinder and a bunch of other swag and kudu broadheads, and it was cool. It was a Dang, good day. Man. That's awesome. Yeah. Next time, next it's a first annual. Gotcha. So. I'll be there. And you guys are planning on doing it again, or Kyler? I think that's the plan, yeah, probably to try to do it again, but we haven't, I mean, it was yesterday, so we haven't recapped and figured out. You haven't planned it already? No, I'm not not quite like you, where, like, you know, as soon as the deer's on the ground, you start planning next season. Dude, I just love it. I can't help it, man. Passion. a big planner It's passion. And I'm the worst at it, by the way. First of all, I don't even understand why I ever tried to plan anything. You and I were supposed to go grocery shopping. Didn't do that. You got a bunch of food for this bachelor party. We got in so much trouble by the time that we loaded up the trailer because we were overweight by about 7,000 pounds. Yeah, we packed up the whole studio, Cody, and then didn't pull it out of that box the whole time we were over there. Yeah, that was a, that was a <laughs> so, tough tough day. But, but Well, Dylan, tell us how you know Cody and how you guys you know got to know each other, I guess. So I got to know Cody... Uh, six was that six years ago now dude that was yeah 2017 i think it's been a while six 18 or 17 one of the two um but he helped build my parents house so that was like the first time we started i mean i obviously ever met him but um we started bonding over just outdoor stuff um talking once we got familiar with each other and we had to hang out with each other every day for about I don't know how long that takes, six months? Yeah, it was miserable, months. man. I just No, it was longer than that. It was 13 months or 10 months. I mean, was it? Yeah, it was 10 months every day because we lived in that trailer. I counted it. It was a long time. And every time I went over, I'm like, damn it, I got to see Dylan. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just playing. Dude, I remember one time you had your bow out on your dad's deck and you had your target set way down by the timber line. 105 yards. Dude. Dude, and you're like, watch this. Stink. <laughs> It yeah. just nailed it. None of you guys paid me for that, but okay, we'll get back to that. Well, we never shook. <laughs> yeah, we did, dude. <laughs> and your boss shook for all you guys. Yeah, true. Five bucks a piece. If you hit it. Yeah, he, the boss didn't even pay me. Isn't it funny, though, how outdoorsmen, when you realize that you're outdoorsmen, how it's just easy to have that common bond with each other and just, you know, because we all love getting out there. And I think a lot of times you know, people that don't have that in their life, it's harder for us to relate to them. You know, like if we took 
somebody that's never shot a bow or never caught a fish or whatever, and you go do it the first time, yeah, you can relate and have fun with them a little bit on a, a certain level, but you're like, dude, this guy doesn't know anything. Like, it's yeah, weird. Yeah. Isn't that yeah. weird? But I love when you find somebody that you can just like get into the weeds on a topic, like bow hunting, for instance. You know, you find a guy and you start talking, you're like, oh, wait, what are you shooting? How many grains? What's your feet per second? And he knows his stuff, and then you can just rabbit hole you know yeah and that's the I'm, I'm pretty good on the rifle side there but on the archery side not so good <laughs> i'm fairly new to it i mean I'm a, yeah. with kyler our other buddy got us got me into it maybe like three or four years ago maybe five at this mm-hmm. point but you know and i kind of i enjoy it though it's oh, yeah. there's i still got a lot to learn but it's it's a, it's a fun sport definitely well, now that we even bring that up, my like if I meet somebody new, one of my first questions, well, do you hunt or fish? Every time. And then as soon as they say no, I can just tell like that awkward tension that I just built because now I don't know what else to ask the person. Well, when like, they I was say hoping n- for the yes on one of those two. <laughs> yeah. So bad. When they say no, you're like, well, I guess, should we go pick out some skinny jeans? Yeah, I always try to come up with something. Do you fly kites, maybe, or something? I just come up with something. Are you a, to are you a it car out. guy? Yeah. Are you into bowling? And then, yeah, if they say something like, yeah, I'm a big car guy, I go, cool, I'm not. So, yeah, I guess hit we don't have, let's not talk anymore. Yeah. What's your favorite car? <laughs> no, it is funny. There's, I mean, everybody's into all kinds of different things. Like we talk about, you know, it, it's, I've lately been craving new adventures. You know, like we just floated that scenic tour of the Rogue River, and that was probably my fourth or fifth time doing it. And it's pretty and it's fun, but I'm also kind of like, okay, I've done this enough. I'm ready to do something new, you know, and, you know, catch a different type of fish that I haven't caught before, or go on a hunt that I've never done before, or go to a different area. We've been talking about doing that and just seeing some new country, you know? Yeah, big time. So, and Cody, you like to do a little bit of filming and photography outdoors? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'd, How'd you get started on that? Point. How did that happen? Was it just started with your cell phone or I think you have pretty good equipment now? Yeah. So it started, shoot, right after high school. So I graduated in 2013 and uh, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And so at first I'm like, oh, I'll be a real estate agent and I'll take my own photos, you know? So I got gear, got a computer and uh, didn't go anywhere with it. And so I had all this gear and I started taking it outdoor, you know, and taking photos and videos and it just kind of, you know, snowballed. I love creating stuff. I love the outdoors, and they just go together super well, in my opinion. Yeah. So I've seen some of your pictures, and they're pretty amazing. I mean, the, the angles that you get and the lighting that you get, I mean, that, that's an, it's really an art. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would say so. Um, so I don't know. There's like you can know everything about a camera, you know, your aperture, your ISO, your frames, everything, right? And you can still just take subpar photos, you know. And then there's there's those guys that are just taking crazy photos with an iPhone or yeah, with like a thousand dollar setup. And right. It's, it's just about, in my opinion, it's about the person. You know, the gear helps. You know, you, you buy expensive gear, you're probably gonna have you know higher quality photos, but are they gonna be kind of creative and catching people's eyes? That's where it's it's up to the person. Yeah, and for every consumer of that photo out there, it has a different what they like to see, you know, like yeah. the the right, I don't know, balance, if you will, in that picture. Like for some people, it'll be totally different than the next guy. Exactly. Yeah. Are you self-taught on all that or did you take classes or? 
Um, well, I have an undergrad in uh, Associates of Arts. And so I, you know, throughout my college days, I, I took art classes, some photography classes, and they kind of teach you like the basics, you know, like rules of thirds, um, leading it, like leading lines to your subject and, and some kind of important concepts, um, which I would say definitely does help. So if you look into like, I don't know what it's called, but maybe it's like photography theories, you know, about, um, and I probably butchered that. It's probably not called that at all, <laughs> but hey, it sounded legit. It yeah. sounded good. But, um, yeah, there's, there's different like aspects to it to where they know that your eye, so if you have like a bridge going to a person, your eye will immediately follow that line down to your subject. And so there's all these components that create a beautiful photo. And so, Dang. I, I, I mean, I think that's really cool. And you think about the field shots we've had over the years, like you harvest that, like my antelope. I harvest the antelope, we set it up, but we're exhausted. It's 100 degrees. We've been hunting our tail ends off for a few days. And I've got some okay photos, but I really, like, that was a 15-year tag. I should have taken some time and got some really nice pictures of that antelope. But, but, and I don't care. But you think about it after the fact. You look through the albums and you got that one snapshot. Or I remember my my brother's first steelhead. I took all these pictures and then the memory card wasn't in the camera. So I'm like having him pose and all these things. And then I, he leaves and I I go to look at him and send him to him. I'm like, oh, there was no memory card. Oh, no. And so uh, I took the, carcass because we'd flayed the fish out of the freezer and then snapped a picture so he'd have something <laughs> to remember oh, no. the thing with but it was you know one of those just ah oh, darn it we're yeah. not gonna have a picture of that one and that's okay but these are kind of like lifetime moments and if you can create a really cool photo out of it big time yeah it's, it's a piece of art that goes along with the the memory you yeah. know well i've been uh bugging cody about camera gear for the six years that I've known him, um, always text him like, hey, you selling a camera? Then he'd be like, yeah, sure. And I'll just never buy it type of thing. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I finally got a camera. And when I opened it, like I was like, oh, this would be easy. I just turn it on click the button. I turned it on. I went, where's the button even at to take the picture? Like I know nothing about it. I didn't realize how hard that was. So my question to you, Cody, is like, when you're first starting, and obviously I'm going to take them all for outdoor stuff, filming and all that, all that kind of stuff. So I've been trying to figure it out. Um, what's a good starting point for a camera? Maybe if you're talking gear wise, your own personal, and uh, what are like some key components that people need to look for? Well, if we want to gear it towards outdoor photography, I'd say the most important thing is that it needs to be weather sealed. Um, so I just sold one of my Leicas. It was a Q, an earlier model that wasn't weather sealed. And I was so like nervous to take it out into the woods. And for me, I'm like, okay, every camera going forward, it has to be weather sealed. And for the most part, a lot of the newer cameras on the market, on the high end side, they're all weather sealed. But I would just double check that. Um, what's the, I mean, that Leica you brought up, what's the price point on something like that? So it's kind of like a, I don't want to say collectors, but. I mean, they have a pretty big following. Um, and so a Leica Q, they're probably 13-year-old camera, and it was going for um, like 2000 to $3,000. And the thing with the Q is that it's a fixed lens, and so you can't switch out the lens. 
And so it's gotcha. a body on a lens. So that takes a lot of like the shuffling guesswork out of it. Because when I went in the, you know, I went to the mountain shoot a couple of years ago and I brought my Sony A7R three. I had, you know, a big telephoto lens. I had a, my bag of lenses and I felt like I spent more time switching out lenses than actually like just shooting. Yeah. And so the Leica, it takes all that out of it and you can just, just click. And then you get used to that frame. You know, you get used to that angle and you can go in on your subject, you can go out on your subject and it's just way smoother in my opinion. Yeah. I'd be nicer too for a guy who doesn't want all that to yeah. deal with. I mean, those telephoto lenses, some of them, they're huge. And I, I got to think some of those lenses by themselves are 10, 20,000 bucks. I don't know. They seem like they got to be spendy. Well, there's for Sony, I think they just came out with like a 600 millimeter, which is huge. It's like the size of this table. And it's Jeez, like, man. I think it was like 10 grand, 10, 15 grand. Yeah. Well, I remember I went to that last uh, space shuttle launch, you know, when it was the last, you know, man flight to space. Oh. And these guys had these lenses that were just unreal. And you could only see that space shuttle for like four seconds before, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so they're. <laughs> You know, snapping, trying to yeah. get the you know last mission to space photo. Oh man, yeah, so, that's hilarious. And I live by a wildlife refuge. I live by the Inkney Wildlife Refuge. So there's always guys out there with these big lenses photographing the birds. Yeah, so they're getting all these eagle shots and these duck shots. And I follow a couple of guys on Facebook, and they post a lot of their stuff. And it's it's cool. I, wildlife photography to me is really cool. I mean, I like the the human nature type stuff too where yeah. we get photos of people doing stuff but I also just like the big buck pictures or the the elk photos or okay. so yeah I want to I really want to get into that it's just time man there's a have you guys been to that elk refuge down near Bandon or uh-uh. uh, yes yeah, I think I've is there's always elk there right oh, towards yeah. Reedsport kind of or is it no it's but you're in by Bandon by the Bandon yeah. dunes or something down south yeah they but I was doing a job down there with my last company and so I'd drive right by the refuge at like daylight every day and I'd have to pull over and there'd just be beautiful freaking elk, like huge Roosevelt elk that are on this refuge. And I'm like, I'm going to get a photo one day. I'm going to get a photo. Never got a photo. <laughs> <laughs> like the easiest place to take a beautiful photo of a huge bull. And I'm just like, eh, I got to get to work. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so just, you just zoomed in on your cell phone instead. I did. Yeah. I really did. Yeah. <laughs> like a hundred iPhone photos. You can't see nothing. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> you see those little dots out there? Yeah. 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 That's well, I, I just treated myself for my birthday to the phone scope. You know, after seeing John with his, I was like, I got to get one of those. And even when John posted those, they were way they're they're way better to see on my photo album. Yeah. Than posted them on Instagram, and they're just all blurry and gross. Well, yeah, the whole iPhone Android battle too for yeah. technology when you're uploading and downloading and all that. And well, John posted them on West Slope, and it's still the same thing. I saw him. Yeah. Yeah. But that's why a guy like Cody, they can go take these awesome shots that you know the quality is going to be there. I mean, I know we just need to get him as a camera guy. We just hire him yeah, to follow us around. Yeah, he saying. seems like he's open to it. Yeah, for the right price, of yeah. course. Hey, just take me along. Show yeah. me some big bucks, and I'll be happy. Yeah. Okay, done, dude. Because <laughs> to be honest, like John and I've tried to film a few times. And all we ever use, we're like, we don't need any equipment. We'll just use our phones. The dumbest idea in the world. Because you can't, it, as soon as I zoom in, my hands are too shaky. And it's just going, just shaking like crazy. And I can't even see the deer that John's looking at. Yeah. Or when I'm trying to talk to the to the camera, 
if I'm walking and I'm crunching on stuff or whatever, I can't. You can't even hear me talking. Yeah, yeah. The, if you don't have a lapel mic or something, you're gonna. Yeah. it's gonna be hard to pick you up. Yeah. So John and I bought mics. We have cameras, but we would really like somebody who knows what they're doing to film it. Have you done some filming too, besides just still photography? Yeah, I've filmed a couple weddings. Um, we actually went out and did a turkey hunt, and it was like right as I was getting into actual making videos. And uh, that's a funny story, but remember the the cougar hunt? Oh yeah, <laughs> dude. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, I've done some some video stuff, and I noticed the hardest part is just wind noise, because mm. then like man. You have me talking for five minutes. I'm like, that was golden. And then I replay and it's like, (laughs) yeah. And I wonder how hard that would be to edit if somebody that was really good at editing, if they could pull some of that wind noise out. Yeah. I think it's like you said, just getting better microphones with kind of like those wind buffers. I don't know what they're called. A windscreen. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, these have these mics we're using now have a a little windscreen. Gotcha. You know? So, I mean, obviously you'd get a bigger one out. We could tote one of these around with us (laughs) while you're hunting. Pull it out of your pocket. Yeah, so... All right, D-Dub, what do you think? (laughs) (laughs) No, here, take the mic. You have to have the mic. (laughs) What did you think when that big buck (laughs) ran by you and you didn't shoot fast enough? (laughs) Yeah. So um, you do a little bit of hiking too, sounds like? a little bit of hiking. Um, Not as much as I'd like to and not as much as I used to do, but... When you're out there hiking, are you are you doing it with the purpose of taking nice photos, or is that is that always part of your time in the outdoors? Or you always have your camera gear with you, or sometimes you're just going to go? Um, it kind of depends, you know. Like this past weekend, I went and picked up some trail cams. I didn't take any camera gear, you know, because I was going to be cutting a trail and just kind of like looking at a new spot, and so I didn't really know. Okay, is there going to be anything to even shoot? And so I just kept it light and hiked in um when i go hiking with my wife and my dog i normally always bring my camera gear um because she loves photos <laughs> so i'll be taking 200 of her and like 10 of the waterfall you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah that's good though uh, what kind of dog do you have a uh, golden doodle oh nice dude yeah, just a classic you know uh, late 20s dog that everybody's getting yeah you know (laughs) i mean they're cool a golden retriever is a great dog and then you mix it with the poodle and you got a little more friendly on the uh shedding and whatnot i love him he's he's my best friend yeah (laughs) he's my best friend it's pretty easy to fall in love with a dog i have a chocolate lab right now and she's a pain but i still like she could look up at me after like chewing up my best something I'm going to be like, oh, you're so sweet. Get yeah. over here. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't so. feel that. Um, so with the hiking thing, is there a specific hike that you remember that was your favorite? Favorite place, good photos, whatever. I mean, I would say the gorge, the Columbia River Gorge. If, if you just drive up the historic highway, there's like eight waterfalls on that one road. And each and every one of them has like a one to two mile hike to the top. Mm-hmm. And then there's multiple, like you can do big eight, 10 mile loop hikes. You can do a, just a quick half mile road hike and hmm. it's beautiful. And the waterfall's up there insane. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah that's a good I point. mean, Dylan and his buddy with those fireworks a few years ago, they, they burnt up a little bit of the gorge. But. Oh, I heard about that. That was you, huh? Well, no. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to <laughs> jump into this bit right now because I don't want anybody to think that that was actually me. No, it hasn't. But we blamed you for it on the show before, so I wanted to keep the story going. Oh, you know, 
Yeah, so, no, that was me. That was a bad deal for whoever did do that. Yeah. It was a bummer. Those kids, I mean, you were young kids, and they they yeah. end up burning up quite a bit. And I think, I can't remember what the fines were, but it wasn't pretty. Yeah, so. it, was, it was up there. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, even this year, 4th of July, like some, they caught, uh, you know, right by Hamilton Creek School, mm-hmm. they that field right next to it, somebody they caught had that the on. the cougar yeah. Siding? yeah, yeah, they that caught that on fire. Yeah. That field. Well, it is. It's always a, I mean, it's been a pretty dry, you know, May, June. And so 4th of July, a lot of cities were banning fireworks. I mean, it, our state, we've had some rough fires the last few years, but it's amazing how fast stuff comes back. Like even that Detroit area is coming back strong and yeah. looking good again. But I mean, you're not going to replace 100-year-old growth trees. I mean, that's yeah. not going to happen overnight. But Yeah, that was a tough fire. Yeah. It was sad. Well, uh, I hear that like after a burn is a good good time to go in and hunt. Like, give it a year to yeah. two, and you're going to find a lot of animals in there for sure. And like it, mushroom dude. hunting too. You know, like um, morels. Really? After two years after a burn, the for whatever reason, the they call them burn morels, and yeah. they come up like crazy. And I I really prefer chanterelles on the coast. Yeah, they're delicious, but morels, I just. I've only eaten them in restaurants. I've never went out and harvested my own, but I'm just not that wild about the flavor. I mean, they say they're one of the best mushrooms out there, but I'm a chanterelle guy. Speaking of stuff like this, well, actually not at all, but uh, I'm making my own jerky now. Out of mushrooms? Yeah, with a bunch of mushrooms. No, uh, Taya's deer, trying to get the rest of it out of the fridge or freezer so we can make room for this year, but... Yeah, I dabble in that now. I'm are a, you going to grind it and dry it on the food dryer, or are you going to try to do strips? Well, the, I already did it once. I did just strips the first mm-hmm. time. I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't follow a recipe, didn't do anything. Turn out good? It wasn't bad, really. I mean, I've like had, I missed some key ingredients that John was like, hey, did you put this in it? No. Salt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it was uh, like, I guess soy sauce is a big ingredient in it, and then uh, brown sugar. I didn't know that. I've made some really good smoked salmon, smoked steelhead. I've dabbled in jerky. I've gone to like with cuts that I'm not going to use and I'll grind them and then I'll shoot it out of a jerky gun on a food dryer and dry it. It's more like a pepperoni type style. Mm-hmm. I've tried strips one time and I went real heavy with liquid smoke. Oh. And it was the smokiest. <laughs> like every time oh. you'd bite it, you were eating a campfire. So, oh. so <laughs> when you made it, did you like look up? Did you look up a recipe or anything? Uh, that wing, particular wing one, it? I just went for it. But yeah, I've learned since then. I try to be a little more so intentional. After I cut all this meat up and I get it in a marinade, I just literally cut it up, threw it in a marinade, and put it in the fridge. Uh, Taya gets on uh, online and looks up jer- jerky recipe and is like, "Put in salt water for five days before marinating." I was like, "Oh." Miss that step, and then uh, then I talked to John. He goes to talk to me about the soy sauce and the all that stuff, and I went, "Oh, okay, this isn't going to be any good at all." But it wasn't bad. I really enjoyed it. I, I mean, it was lacking a little bit of flavor because I didn't season it very much. I didn't realize how much flavor gets sucked out of it when you're smoking it. So this one, I went pretty heavy, and I added the brown sugar and some soy. So we'll see what happens. And I, I did salt water for four days. I've got one of those little chief smokers, you know, but it's been in my barn now for five years and there's a lot of animal scent in that barn. So I'm going, I don't, I started thinking about it the other day. I'm like, I don't know if I'd want to smoke anything in that thing anymore. I don't oh, know if it would matter, but. Gives yeah. us a good tent too. Yeah. It's a nice gonna, little taste. There's a nuttiness that I can't really put my finger on. <laughs> yeah. Is that but, goat? Yeah. <laughs> 
But so Cody, you're also a, a mountain biker. I am, yeah. I love mountain biking. So tell me about the type of mountain biking you're doing, because I know there's guys that go flying down a mountain with the big old tires, and they race, and they do all kinds of crazy things, and they're just flying straight down. Yeah. And then there's my my uh, my mom, or I'm messing this up, but it's my wife's mom's boyfriend. That was a tough one for me. Ridiculous. His name is Ted. Great guy. Uh, he uh, is a big biker. But he always did like the carbon fiber, like street bike stuff. Mm. And he'd do like 100 miles a weekend. He was on like the Oregon cycling Dang. group, you know, and yeah. cruising around with them and totally different world. And talk about, you know, like we were alluding to earlier, when you get in these hobbies, you can, you start usually with whatever you're willing to invest. And then you, almost immediately you're like, I got to upgrade to the better version of this, oh, you know? Yeah. Oh, and yeah. like, you know, in that space, that's another space where you can probably spend a lot of your paycheck. Yeah, you can spend all of it. Yeah. <laughs> you can spend all. Of it. So, so Trust what me, do you, I know? <laughs> yeah, what do you do in the in the mountain bike space? What's your style of mountain biking? Um, so definitely downhill. You know, I like to ride up and then, you know, I'm, I'm I like to hit black diamonds, and so it's rated just like a ski resort would be, right? So you have your green trails, which are basically flats. Um, For a guy like me or Dylan getting started, you start on the green I'll just trail. Greener pavement, blue. I think. Safest option for me. <laughs> Greener, yeah. I mean, it all depends, man. It's not that it seems intimidating, and some of the stuff is like I would never do, you know, um, some of the gap jumps and stuff like that. But um, I like hitting, you know, like black diamond trails, which are mainly tabletop jumps, um, some gap jumps, not many, some drops, but nothing over like, I don't know, five feet or anything like that. Um, and that's kind of like my favorite. You know, full suspension. Like it, so, do you have fun. the big, huge tires on there too? Then I did. Um, my first bike that I I bought was three years ago, and it was um, a Fazari for um, something peak. I can't remember, but it had these three-inch float tires, is what they call them. And so they were tubeless, so they didn't have a tube. You just put like this. Um, it's like just spray type sealant that you put in, and then you could go tubeless. And uh, yeah, those things were sweet, man. We would, we actually, t- my wife and I, we took our bikes to Lake Tahoe, and uh, we were riding those big float tires up there on the top of like the Sierra Nevadas. You know, they have some crazy trails over there, and um, she wrecked, dude, bad. Oh no! And this this trail we went on, like, it was uh, we didn't know what we were doing. we like, we just looked online. Okay, what's a good downhill trail? And they're like, this one. And so we start the trail at the bottom and it turns into an eight mile trail that we didn't bring any food. We brought like one thing of water. Oh no. And it was like six miles uphill, which took us so long, dude, so long. And then we finally get to the top and we're super excited and we start going down and immediately she wrecks. Oh no. And... She was okay. She hit her head a little bit, but luckily we had good gear, so she was fine. But she didn't want to ride, and so then we walked down the backside of this trail, and it took us oh, no. it took us from daylight to dusk, and we get finally get to the road, and we're like, "Damn it, our car is two miles up this paved road in the parking lot, and it's getting dark, and we are exhausted." And luckily, some guys picked us up, and we're like, "Hey, where are you going? You want a beer?" 
And we're like, yes. <laughs> he, he helped it's us needed. out. Yeah. He helped yeah. us out big time. Uh, well, that, well that, that'd be rough. You put in all that energy to get up oh. and then you start going, you just get started going down. And, yeah. Oh. And like, I wanted to be like, oh, you're good. You're good. But at the same time, I felt so bad because it was my idea to do this trail. Mm. I'm like, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> Let's just walk. <laughs> and you guys are still married after that. Oh, so yeah. that's good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So she's it was a bonding moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you did it the right way. Yeah. You know, you supported her through that because that's never, that's not the experience either one of you were going for. Exactly. So, yeah. So, where are you doing these trails around here? Um, Black Rock is a great, great location. They have, um, like, I don't know how many. I think there's like eight different trails now. And so you basically just walk this gravel road or, you ride, you got to earn your turns is what they call it. So you ride up to the top and then at the top you have, it just splits every which direction. And huh. has so where's, it, where's Black Rock at? It's in Falls City. Okay. And then another really good one is Alsea Falls. That one's really good. So when you say earn your, so you're going down to, I imagine, really low gear yep. when you're going uphill and yep. you're just cranking your way all the way up there and then you get to fly down. Exactly. And so these tabletop jumps you're talking about, I mean, what are you talking, is that, that's a gap between two big rocks or something? No, so a gap, they call it a gap jump. So okay. a tabletop is, you know, you have your, your uphill slope and then it's flat top and then a downhill slope. I got so it, like, yeah. So you're just getting air and then coming down. Yeah, so you're either going to clear the tabletop or you're going to just kind of go up and over it and down. Yeah, yeah. So it's a safer bet, but then you get used to, you know, being in the air. So then when a gap jump comes, you're like, I'm going to try it. I'll tell you, I hadn't been on a mountain bike for years. And this is this happened, I don't even think we had kids yet. So we're talking probably 14 years ago. And my wife and I, we have, there was a neighborhood garage sale. And I'm like, oh, let's just hop on the bikes, you know, which is real smart when you're going to go buy garage sale stuff because then you got to yeah. carry it back. But, um, for some reason, I'm like, I'm going to go super fast around this corner, and then I'm going to go kind of sideways like I'm on a motorcycle, thinking that I can direct, like, get enough speed to carry myself. To the, I don't know what I was thinking. I hadn't been on a bike in a while. Just totally eat it. And I'm bleeding from, like, oh. rear end to ankle for the rest of the garage sale time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. And, hey, my wife, we still went garage sale, and she was, we had to explain why I was bleeding all over everything. But, yeah. And I don't know what I was thinking. Dude, there's nothing worse than like a hard bike wreck to you. Like, it hurt. Oh, that's what we forgot to talk about, Jake. Hmm. His motorcycle or his dirt bike oh, yeah. wreck. Yeah, we'll have to get him back on. Yeah. Well, um, that's cool though. Yeah. I mean, you're gonna have to send us some pictures of that so when we put this out, people can see what you're talking about. You yeah. know, because it's hard. I think for people that aren't in that space, like any hobby. Yeah. You're like. You, it's hard for you to relate to it if you yeah. haven't done it or seen it. Yeah, you know. So, have you ever done like those? And I have no idea what I'm talking about. So I'm just this is something I saw on TikTok. Um, I saw this thing. These guys were mountain biking, I think, and there was like the two by sixes that they could ride up the two by sixes and go up and over. Have you ever done anything like that? Yeah, there's so at Black Rock they have a skills park, and so you get to like the first kind of like level bank, so you ride up about a mile. And then they have like the skills park area and they have gap jumps, they have um, tabletops, they have drops. And then they have those, I think it's called like a, like plank boards or people call them all different things. But um, yeah, it can, it can be scary at times. Skills park, write hey, it down. Way to do your podcast research on TikTok, buddy. Hey, there you go. That's what I do. I like it. That's what I do. Um, are you paying to go to this place? I mean, do you no, got to pay? Really? Yeah. Okay. 
it's free. And then, I mean, they want you to volunteer. They have like dig days. And so you can like go there and help build trail, you know, fix trail, like those wood structures. There's a ton of wooden structures up there and they're fixing those and whatnot. So, so do you do any like sick tricks, backflips or anything? Absolutely not. No. <laughs> that <laughs> was a total it? Napoleon dynamite. Do you do any sick jumps? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's my bad. No, that was good. I liked it. Um, live with, I was hoping he was going to say something like, yeah, I'd done like a double backflip. Yeah. Travis Pastrana was there and stuff. Yeah. I thought that's where we were going. But yeah. I would imagine whatever he's doing, you and I would be pretty scared to go do what, one of those yeah, black diamond like, runs. But I do yeah. like four wheels better than two. A lot better. A little more stable. Yeah. 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 Well, when I bought my first dirt bike, um, literally my first one ever, I bought a KTM 450. Mm-hmm. Um, wrecked it really bad. Tried to do a jump. I was like, oh, I'm, I've been riding this for four days. I fi- got to figure it out. Tried to do this jump, landed as flat as you could ever imagine landing flat mm. and smashed my face right off the handlebars oh, and man. flipped over them. And then I just went, I think I'm just going to go get a four-wheeler. <laughs> like, I got to <laughs> sell this thing. So my dad bought the KTM. They have no idea about this wreck either, by the way, my mom or my dad. Um, so you just buffed it was, out and sold it to them? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, well, I was riding it at their house. That's where it was. And when I wrecked, I got up. I had blood all over my shirt and stuff. I was like, oh, Jesus, what <laughs> happened? I thought I bit my tongue straight off. <sighs> and I... Get out to the house. I take the shirt off, throw it in the washing machine, just acting like nonchalant. What you know? Yeah. We. I walked the bike from the bottom of my parents' property all the way up their driveway because <laughs> I was too afraid to get back on it. Yeah. That's... And then I said, "Yeah, Dad, I think I'm a four wheeler guy." <laughs> yeah. That night. Well, maybe that's a new thing. You can come out with a four wheeled mountain bike, and then you can be that guy. Yeah. That shows up. I feel like yeah. the trails are a little narrow for that. <laughs> 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 You'll have to develop a whole new trail system. Yeah, yeah. I'll have Cody build it for the four wheel guys. Yeah. Well, yeah. So are you, you're in construction as your day job, so yeah. that probably comes in handy when you're helping on that type of stuff. Yeah, big time. So you're fortunate there. Well, I know we're hitting a lot of topics with you, but you know, I know you do a lot of different things. So you also do some artwork, like yeah. some like wildlife. Are they paintings or drawings or what? Is, what's your medium? Um, Primarily acrylic or acrylic paintings. Okay. So, yeah, I saw one. Dylan sent me a picture of one that you did a while back with like an elk on it. It was cool. I mean, Thank it's you. that's hard to do. Yeah. Well, my favorite. He drew a, or sorry, what, how would I say that correctly? A paint. Painted. Painted, painted a uh, bass for me. Oh. It's the my favorite picture ever. Got it hanging in my garage right now. Look at it every day. Think about you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> That's cool. I mean, I, it, so you're dabbling in a lot of different things. Yeah. But, so, I mean, if you had to give up everything and only do one thing, what would be the one that you would stick with? Oh, man. That's a life or death question. Right Arthur there. hunting, for sure. I'd give up photography, painting, mountain biking, fishing. Just for sure. go for the archery hunting. Yeah. So that's your, your main thing. And how long have you been doing that? Uh I'd say since, I mean, I got my first bow. I had a Bowtech Soldier. I think I got that in 2010. And I didn't really start taking it serious until about, I don't know, eight years ago. Um, And then, yeah, I shot my first bull in 2018. 
So that was what? Six. Five years ago? Five years five, ago. Six years ago. Yeah, yeah, something like that. So are you um, mostly elk? Or are you going after blacktail? Are you going after muleys? Um, mostly elk. Mostly just coastal Roosevelt elk. Um, I am, however, going to try some, you know, blacktail this year. I'm going to try to hit up uh, down south. There's a reservoir down there that my father-in-law, he has a cabin on, and he's like, hey, dude, there's a bunch of deer. Come give it a shot. And I hear the rut down south is pretty good for blacktail. Big bucks, yeah. too. Yeah. Those southern Oregon blacktail are big. We were just talking about that, and I've seen some monsters down there. Really? Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, don't, I don't know much, though, to be honest with you, so I'm just kind of going in blind. I'm gonna set up yeah, but, I mean, if he's got a cabin and you got a base camp and, you know, maybe even sitting in the stand or a ground blind or something, I mean, yeah, it could be pretty sweet. Definitely. We're going to get you over east, dude, one of these days. Yeah. I, I think I went... To, my first deer ever shot, I was in eighth grade with my stepbrother. He brought me over one time, and I shot a little forking horn in an alfalfa field. I loved it. Heck yeah. <laughs> but I haven't been back. <laughs> but that Roosevelt thing, that is some hard hunting, that coastal hunting. I mean, you're going down some steep draws, and it's like the elk could be there, it could not be there. Yeah. You do a lot of bow hikes. Yeah, uh, It's beautiful, but it's also just really dense, usually pretty wet. Yeah. The bull that you got in 18, was it a long shot? I mean, usually it's a pretty close shot. Yeah, it was 30 yards, so I'm 28. But did you call him in? Yeah, so we basically, it was just me and my stepdad. And, uh, yeah, we saw this herd kind of in the, this middle of this clear cut, and they just kind of trotted off into the timber. I'm like, oh, let's see what we can do. So we followed them, lost them in the timber, couldn't find them. And then we kind of get on this fresh trail, and we're like, oh, we'll just follow this. We think they're in this direction. But, I mean, it was a huge timber patch, you know, some old growth timber, so they could be anywhere. And uh, we crossed this creek, and my stepdad, I'm like, hey, just throw out a bugle, see what, see what happens. And so he starts his bugle, and before he could even, like, get halfway through, within, like, two seconds, this bull fires back, and it sounds like he's right next to us. And I'm like, oh, crap, okay, I knock an arrow. And then I hop above this, like, creek bed, get up into this flat, and this bull comes running over this knoll. Just he's pissing on his face. He's chuckling, and I'm like 50 yards, and I'm literally in the middle of this timber patch, no cover, and I'm just sitting there. And so he stops and he's looking around, and it could have been a dumb mistake, but I'm like, okay, I'm gonna step behind this tree to cover. And so when I step, I break a branch because I'm looking at the bull, and it just goes. And this bull looks up at me, and his head's kind of down. And I swear we're looking at each other's eyes. And it was like, it felt like two minutes of just looking at this bull, but it probably wasn't. <laughs> and then um, he kind of does like a, and then starts walking. And so I look to my left, and I see like this opening in the trees. Didn't have time to range it. And I just, while I had cover you know I, dr I draw back and i'm just holding on that spot hoping he'd walk in front and sure enough he walks right to the opening and i just do a meow and he stops looks shoot double lung him 100 yards down 
Man, that's wild. That's a great story. Yeah, you told yeah. it really well too. That was a good. Yeah, I was yeah. bought in. I know. I was like <laughs> dead silent. Like I am listening to every word. Yeah, we got to have this guy back on. Yeah, we need like, it. We need it. His content level is just way better than anything yeah. we've ever said. So, yeah, our stories yeah. suck. <laughs> no, no, that's a, that's an awesome. What a cool. And that was your first archery bowl. Yeah, I mean that's like the dream right there. What it are we was, talking uh, size wise? Um, so it was, it was a pretty thick five on one side. The other side was three. So I think it was like yeah. a genetic thing. Yeah. Um, or you had an antler break or something, maybe. Something, but it didn't yeah. look like maybe. But it didn't look like it. You know, it mm-hmm. looked like just a genetic. Everything was there. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. But yeah, he came in showing his big five. So he came in on the, you know showing his left side. And in my mind, I'm thinking that's the biggest bull I've ever seen. You know? <laughs> yeah. And so I'm just shaking and I held it together, man. And then right as I shoot, I mean, he just took a death sprint over and I just hear the whole herd, dude, the whole herd. And when you hear herd and tim- timber taking off, crashing, dude, yeah, it's mayhem. Yeah. And yeah. So Steve, my stepdad, because you got to think like he bugled, I stepped over. And then within five minutes, all mayhem breaks out. And he's like, dude, what happened? And I'm like, I got one. (laughs) I got a good one. And he's asked, where'd it go? Where'd you shoot? And I'm like, I have no idea. (laughs) That's so exciting. What a cool experience, though, for both of you. I mean, he was probably super pumped for you. Oh, man, super pumped. And he's the one who got me into it. You know, he's the one who kind of like... So my, my parents got divorced in 2008. And here comes this guy, this goofy looking tall dude. First day I met him was at Pizza Hut. Hey, we can relate to those goofy looking tall guys. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. But no, I remember the first time I met him, he just got an archery hunt and he smelled like elk piss. And he was camo face. And I'm like, I like you, but I don't like you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, you're like wanting to hate him, but you're like, oh, he actually seems pretty, pretty dang cool. cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That is so funny. Yeah. At Pizza Hut. That was my favorite. Well, and part. How, <laughs> how old were you? Uh, I was. Uh, I was in eighth grade. Yeah. So, so I mean, you were a kid. Yeah. Yeah. My dad's way better. <laughs> but now you're hunting together. Oh, yeah. So. He's, yeah. And that's something I kind of wanted to talk about is like, I don't know, from my opinion, for archery hunting, I think one of the most important things is your hunting partner, mm-hmm. you know, because there could be so many different plays on that animal. And everybody's mind works different. You know, you could think, well, let's go above him and walk down to him. And you could be like, well, no, let's just try to call him in, you know. And finding that rhythm to where you both are thinking like the same thing and you get committed and you go after it, I think is huge. Yeah, because you're going to be right sometimes and wrong sometimes. I mean, we all kind of learn some patterns of what animals do, but then you get that one that does something totally opposite of what yeah. you think they're going to do. And Yeah. yeah. Which happens most. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'd say you're wrong yeah. most of the time. <laughs> I've got good mule deer instincts, but that's the, the well, animal I've hunted in the general, most. I'm not taking a shot yeah. at you right no, now. <laughs> no, I'm just saying like, I, and I wasn't taking it that way, but I'm just saying like, for me, if I'm looking at mule deer is the one that I feel like I'm the most proficient with. And I would, you're probably good on mule deer and blacktail, but I, I don't feel great on blacktails. I just haven't done as much blacktail hunting, but elk, I just never really been an elk hunter. So, I mean, it's a totally different thing. And like the calling thing, I tried to, get, I got some reads and started playing with that. It's way harder than it looks, you know, for me anyway. To it be don't. fair though, like, sorry to cut you off. No, go ahead. To be fair, like some of the absolute worst 
bugles I've ever heard come out of a human's mouth gets responses. Really? Big time. At least at the coast, like, because every, every hunter has the same exact bugle. If you go in the woods, it starts low, ends high, ends with a chuggle. Like, mm. that's every bugle. And then you hear the one that's like, <laughs> and all of a sudden the bulls are like, <laughs> you know, going nuts. And you're Sounds like, like a dying grouse yeah. and the bulls are like, yeah. I'm responding to that. That's real. <laughs> you yeah. know? Like, which is just crazy, but. That is, that makes me feel better. Yeah. So I can be out there making goofy sounds and maybe it'll actually help. Like we might judge you, but the bulls won't. Yeah. yeah. Hey, if, if you can call on a bull, then it doesn't really matter. Yeah. I suck at calling. I got a good cow call, but that's it. Yeah. It's not easy. It's, it's not. definitely a skill you got to work on. Yeah. Um, have you gotten another bull since then? Um, nope. I haven't. I had a, last year was pretty upsetting pretty upsetting and that's where I, I bring in you know your hunting partner is huge because I was hunting with this guy for the first time and he's a buddy of mine you know we're, we're still friends but you know we were walking up on this knoll and this beautiful like six by six black antler bull is like right behind this big slash pile right slash pile is like you guys probably know but timber yeah. companies yeah describe it they'll cut up the trees and then all the you know remaining stuff they'll pull in a pile and they'll burn it. And so it's normally like 20 feet by 20 feet, just a big pile of scrap timber. Like it looks like a beaver dam out in the middle of the woods. Exactly, yeah. 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 And uh, this bull like just plops up right behind it and it's at 60 yards. And I'm like, dude, I'm gonna take a shot. And he's like, okay, go for it. And so I draw back, this bull's just broadside looking at me, dead flat, nothing in the way. I shoot full pass through right behind the shoulder. And so, this bull takes off and so does my buddy. My buddy just takes off after him. He runs around the slash pile and he gets up like on this log and he flings an arrow at like 80 yards or something and hits it in the gut. Oh no. And I'm in my mind, I'm like, dude, stop. And so I, I yell at him, which again, it's like. Well, in, you, the, in the moment you're trying to get him to stop. Yeah. yeah. And the bull takes off in this reap rod and I can see, cause I'm up on, you know, this logging road, I can see him go down. This bull's moving through the reap rod and my buddy's following him. And I'm just like, dude, what are you doing? What are you doing? And I don't I'm, push him. I'm calling him. I'm calling him like, dude, stop. Like, and I go back to my arrow, full length blood on it. There's a good blood trail, dude, good blood trail. And I'm calling him. He calls me back. He's like, dude, it's bedded down right here. I'm going to go put one more in and we're getting this bull. And I'm just thinking, let him, like, get, let him do it on his own. Exactly, yeah. you know, because I know, like elk, they're arrow stealers, dude. They'll mm -hmm. go for miles. Yeah, they oh, yeah. go for miles. They're tough. Yeah. And uh, he comes back, and I'm just so mad, dude. I'm so mad. And he's like, "He's done. We got him." Super excited. And I'm like, "Dude, it's not even close to being over." Like I was not excited at all. And so he comes back, and I'm like, "Well, let's start tracking." So I get out my pink tape, and we track for like four, five, six hundred yards. And then we get to the spot where he's like, he was bedded right here. Sure enough, there's a big pile of blood where he's bedded. And then when that bull gets up and he kept going because he pushed him, the blood stopped. So when he sat down, that blood kind of like, that hole kind of... Coagulated or... Yeah. Yeah. And he got up, kept going, and never found him. And... It, mm. Me, I'm like, dude, if you wouldn't have pushed him, that bull would have died right there. Yeah. And it just, it hurt me, dude. I was so upset. So I ended up tagging out and calling it quits because I knew it was dead. 
Mm-hmm. Like I knew it was dead. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's a rough one because you know the cougar, c- cougars and coyotes ate well, oh, but man, yeah. yeah, you've had a beautiful bull that you didn't get to. And it's part of the game, you know. Yeah, it sucks, and every hunter has that story. But it's like, well, but it was preventable. It sounds like I think know. so. Yeah, but I, I like how you let into it is we're still friends. So yeah, you know, no, I mean, we're, we're still buddies because everybody makes mistakes, and I mean, depending on how much time you've had in the field, it's exactly. you know you don't necessarily know the right thing to do there. Yeah. So and he was new and he was excited and you know it was part of the first bull he ever got an arrow in. But we've told the story on the show with his dad of my cousin Jason put a pretty good size hole with his three hundred Weatherby and a cow elk, and we tracked her up and down canyons in the snow for like five miles, and we kept finding big pools of blood you know i mean we and we didn't go after her right away they let her they pushed her for a while and then um came back to camp and then we went back in on the blood trail and and we did eventually catch up to her but it was uh, i've heard and i i think we brought it up on that episode that elk can replace their blood faster than like almost any other mammal so like if you push them they're gonna keep going yeah so it's I mean, that's I hear that story all the time, especially with elk. It's like, man, you think that they're down, but you got to give them time. Like even when I shot my first bull, we we waited two hours. You know, we yeah. sat in that spot for two hours. So on that topic, fixed broadhead or mechanicals? Um, I'm a fixed guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in Oregon, that's all we had up until recently. Yeah. And so everybody was kind of a fixed guy. Yeah. But they make all these, you know, I listen to other podcasts and they talk about these fixed broadheads that are just these crazy souped up, like we'll go through a shoulder on an elk, you know, to make yeah. sure that that never happens. I mean, are you shooting a heavier arrow now? As I know everybody started light and then everybody got heavier kind of. Yeah. yeah. For so elk. I started real light. So my stepdad, he's old school. You know, he's been bow hunting since like way back when, you know, and, uh, and his thing was speed. He's like, man, I want to shoot three fifteen, three feet per second. Mm-hmm. You know, like get through that animal, make a good shot. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And so when I killed that bull, yeah, I was shooting fast, but it was 30 yards and it was a good shot. So, I mean, it didn't matter what you were shooting, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, but now, um, I'm, I'm more towards penetration you know, I think the most important thing above all else is shot placement, of course. You know, it doesn't matter really how fast, how heavy. As if you get a good place shot, the animal's going to die, whether you have a fixed blade or not, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that being said, like, I want my arrow, you know, 16 plus inches in that bull versus who knows what a fixed, fixed broadheads could probably get some real good penetration um or i mean mechanicals i know mechanicals you know they can get some real good penetration but i don't know man i just like the old school three blade you know that's what you're comfortable with yeah Yeah, and if it's worked for you why mix it up yeah that's kind of what i've always said and it's like yeah you know and i get good blood on them like from my experience you know there could be more but um yeah so i'm shooting around five five thirty grains 70 pounds, mm. um, shooting well. So Yeah. No, that yeah. sounds good. Those, uh, those were good stories. It's funny how we gravitated back to hunting. We, we try to, we, what, but I mean, I asked you the question. It's funny. We will start talking about something. We always end up talking about hunting. Really? About <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because it is, it's like, yeah, the other stuff is great, but 
the the hunting stuff, like the experiences you have when you're hunting and the the things that you see, they're just you, you can't compare with the other stuff, you yeah. know. I mean, I enjoy all of, I enjoy fishing a lot too, and I enjoy hiking and all that stuff. But man, if you got me pushed, I'd go to the hunting every time too. So yeah, well, that's the, and that's the that's the thing that we also do the most of, and it's the thing that we've obviously are way more passionate about. So I don't know, it's just easier to talk about and hearing new stories. We have new people in here all the time, so like, I don't know. It's just it's cool to hear those different stories from different people. I get it. We we hammer the hunting thing pretty hard in here, but I don't know. It's fun to me. Uh, well, I love listening to hunting stories. I could listen yeah. to them all day long. Yeah. I used to drive uh, my wife crazy because I'd meet a new hunter, and then I remember this guy. Um, he was married to one of my friends, and our kids ran track together, and I'd sit during the track meetings, and we'd tell elk hunting stories the whole time. And my wife would be like, could you guys just talk about something else? <laughs> yeah. Just like for one of these track meets, because oh, yeah. we're here for four hours. Like how many bugling elk stories can we tell in <laughs> yeah. one sitting, you know? Yeah. But, I mean, he was a big archery guy, and he's had some success over East. So it was it was cool. I was learning. At that time, I was just like taking notes. Like, okay, yeah. so what did you do there? You know? Yeah. yeah. So um, switching topics. Because that's what I like to do, yeah. and Cody's got a lot of them to talk about. <laughs> so you just said your latest hobby you picked up was uh, refurbishing golf clubs. Yeah, so which it's it didn't go well. I'll just <laughs> okay. put it that way. It did not go too well. Um, well, first time, dude. Yeah, first time. And, Breaking uh, it in. We're very supportive of people's hobbies in this podcast. Heck yeah. Like we want to encourage you to get into more things that'll make your wife upset with you about spending you know? money. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. Spending the money, mm-hmm. the time, time away yeah. from her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're very like when I was looking into buying a new gun, all of them were like, "You should do it. Like, do it." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so tell us about the golf club thing. Um, so I got these old pair of Ben Hogan's, which they're a decent club. You know, everyone tells me that at least. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can't play worth crap, but <laughs> oh, I'm terrible golfer. Um, and so they're pretty beat up and I just was watching videos and I wanted to give it like that oil slick look, you know? And so basically all I had to do was just clean them really well and then take a torch to them, heat them up until that steel will like blue, you know, it'll get that kind of bluish gold, this purple color. Yeah. So I'm in my garage and I, you know, I have a hooked up to a vice with a wet towel and I'm torching it, having a good time. And all of a sudden... I thought that a wet towel would prevent that glue from the club face to the shaft from, like, melting, you know? I'm like, well, if it melts, it'll be okay. But it was sitting vertical on a vice, heating it up. That golf club head started going vertical (laughs) because that glue was pushing that golf head club out. And this thing's red hot, dude, red hot. And I have, like, um, I put vinyl floor in my garage, you know, just to make it kind of nicer and, like, all of a sudden, this red hot golf club just goes boop and falls onto my laminate floor, starts melting. So I take my pliers, I grab it, and I run over to my um, my oil bin, and I'm an idiot, and I put it in like a thick glass oil bin, you know, and I dunk it in the oil. For one, have you guys seen Forge and Fire? Oh yeah. You yeah. guys see when when they put it in the oil and it go, a ball of flame happens. <laughs> That happens and the glass shatters in my garage. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, I'm screwed. I'm screwed. And oh so, my gosh. so adventures in golf club restoration did not go super <laughs> no. good. I mean, when you said it didn't go well, I was thinking like, oh, it didn't come out as good as I thought. But then you're like, yeah, I almost let my garage on fire. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was a nightmare. And this thing's just, 
Yeah, does your wife it? know about all this? Oh yeah, she comes home and she's like, "What is that smell?" <laughs> okay, because they're in he's trouble. So, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, just smell that all day. <laughs> yeah, she's like, she's like, "Don't ever do that again." That's what she told me. I'm like, okay. That's, so, do you so, dabble in knife making too? Then, since you have some forge equipment, um, I bought a blank and and I grinded out a you know a knife in kind of like a just a blank basically. I got some uh, G10 handle material and some copper pins, but I haven't really put it together. So I've got a neighbor who's an awesome blacksmith and I bought a couple knives from him. I gave one to John and his bachelor party and one to my dad for father's day. And he made them out of like a railroad spike, which is kind of a popular knife. But, um, he was one of the, he's, his knife actually has an edge and a lot of them don't. And he does a lot of little extra things, but he showed me his whole setup with this forge and he's got like this electromagnetic forge now. Yeah. And they originated in Japan. And when they first came out, they were really expensive, but they've come way down in price point. And he can get, you can put your finger in the thing and you're fine. But as soon as you put that metal in there, there's some sort of chemical or electronic. I don't really know how it works, but that thing gets red hot like that. Quick. And he's like, it's a game changer as far as, you know, speed of getting a knife done. Interesting. So, Dang. Yeah. That's you, cool. His setup is baller. I, was. I loved here's a, here's a story for you, Cody. Um, so it was my birthday, and I get this phone call from Sam. You know, I was hoping he's you know call me, tell me happy birthday. He's been hanging out a lot or whatever. He goes, "Hey, I bought John a knife for his bachelor party. He's pretty sweet. Doesn't even once mention happy birthday. Nothing. Oh, I didn't know he's it was just his talking. <laughs> he's just talking about this gift. He's buying somebody else. I'm like, cool, dude." Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, send me a picture. I'd love to see it. <laughs> and then he texts you about four hours later and goes, hey, I just saw it was your birthday on Facebook. Happy birthday. <laughs> yeah, his grandma had commented, and I was like, oh, it's his birthday today. I should tell him happy birthday. But to be fair, I also told you after age five, birthdays don't matter as much. That's true. You know. Like yeah, but I could have done without the gift, Alan, on yeah. it. Maybe next year I'll remember and I'll get you something. I'd appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't bank on it. Like a new yeah. gun. Yeah. Maybe? Don't plan on it too hard. <laughs> okay. But yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We'll get it count because I've already forgot. It was sometime in June or July, I think. Neither of those two months. May? <laughs> yeah. Was it May? Oh, it's been that long already? <laughs> yeah. Okay. When's your birthday? Let's get it May on the 29th. air. May 29th. Okay. May 29th. I'm writing it down. Yeah, that paper's not that paper. One hundred percent right into the trash. It'll be here. It'll be here tomorrow <laughs> when I come in, and I'm gonna put it in my calendar. Um, yeah. Cody, what do you want for your birthday now that we're talking about that? Well, my birthday's next weekend, so... Um, Happy early birthday. Thank you. Mine's Tuesday. Is it really? Next week, yeah. 7-11. Happy when, birthday. What day's your birthday? 15th. Your same birthday as my daughter. Really? There you go. Yeah. No way. Yep. That's Another awesome, connection. Uh, how old are you going to be? 29. Oh, man. Oh. Prime. Nice. You're still in the prime. Oh, yeah. I'm 44 on Tuesday, so... Are you serious? Yeah. See, look at I like this guy. Yeah, are you? I so oh, I've got an old, I've got an old. Dude, man. I was thinking thirty. I think I thought you were my age. Man. Yeah, see, that's what I I like. Him. I think he looks exactly forty three. So, <laughs> I, so uh, my son's baseball game the other night. We go to this little restaurant and we're ordering food, and they had the little spicy pepper next to some things, and it was this tuna corn succotash or something. And we're getting it to go to go to a baseball game. I'm like, oh, that looks good. I mean, it just sounded good, and we were at a fancy, you know. Newport restaurant and I'm like I asked the the girl and I go hey how spicy is that pepper and she goes you know I've seen a lot of old guys like you get that dish and they haven't complained about it 
Like, and my wife just loses it. She just starts laughing. She's like, you're getting called an old guy now. <laughs> so, Does that hurt the ego a little bit? No, I was good with it. I don't mind it. I mean, an age to me, age is age. I'm never one of these people that worries yeah, about it. Doesn't you matter. Know? We'll all be there. Yeah. Day. I mean, I would like to be in better physical condition. I always want to get in better shape. We always talk about, you know, coming for hunting season. Or right now with archery, I just went up a little heavier on my bow. Mm. And man, when I pulled it back that first time, I thought I was going to throw my back out. I was like, oh man, you know. Yeah. But then the next four or five shots were good. But, but then the next 10 were not as good. Not as good. <laughs> so yeah. I got to do some arm workouts. So You still yeah. think he's 30 after that story? I mean, looks wise. <laughs> I, mean, I think you're in that, that low to mid 30 range. For yeah. Sure. Well, I appreciate it. But yeah, I mean, honestly, I think Cody, you have a lot of cool stories. We could probably talk to you for a long time. I'm sure there's other stuff we could talk about, but we definitely hit a wide variety of topics. Yeah. Next time we have you in, we maybe will narrow you into a few things because we bounced all over. But I was excited because I was like, man, this guy does all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So, and maybe next time you'll pick up like three or four new hobbies. Dude, probably. Yeah, we'll just keep going. <laughs> yeah. We'll bring back the golf club, though. I want you to do it. Yeah. I'll show you. I'll show you some photos after this, and you guys tell me. But you know what? Yeah. he'll come in next time, and he's gonna have like a glass blown deer. He's gonna be like, "Hey, I picked up glass blowing. Here you go, Dylan. <laughs> you know, like I made this for you." Yeah. So, hey, it's good to be a guy that's got some skills. You know, I mean, I don't know if it's skill. It's more just like I try it out, I suck at it, and I would quit. <laughs> yeah. You know? That's what happened with me with the knife making. I bought some of the stuff. I tried fiddling with it. and I'm like, oh, I'm not very good at this. Yeah. So. Just came out and just a, looked like a hammer by the time you were well, done Well, you with it. saw my deer antler knife that was sitting in my hay bale that I made. I don't remember it. Yeah, I just took a deer antler and shoved a knife in there, basically, <laughs> put it together. <laughs> but it wasn't great. Maybe, but it was fun. Maybe I'll finish that knife and bring it in. There you go. Yeah, you should, dude. Won't be good. And then you should that. help us uh, start recording this thing. Yeah. Yeah, we want to do that. We want to, because, you know, we want to get a bigger audience and we want to be able to get out to more people. And I know like video is the future for people and Big we time. haven't, we've recorded our first one on video with like a, we had a tripod in here with my old Sony handy cam with a mini disc. Oh, gotcha. Uh, we got so we 15 have, minutes. It's 30 minutes. Oh, 30? But we've never actually watched it. And that was our first episode. Oh, dang. Yeah. So, so yeah, next time for sure you should help us set Well, that and we've talked about moving the studio to his parents' house in the trophy room because mm. it's pretty sweet down there and there's a lot more space. That would uh, be sweet, man. Yeah. So that's, but then we got to get people to drive a little further, but depending on where they're at. Not yeah. me. Yeah. Not you. <laughs> You're like, that's a great idea. Yeah. yeah. That's an awesome idea. I loved it. Well, do you have, Dylan, you got any burning questions for Cody before we let him go, or do you think we peppered him enough? I think we got him pretty good yeah. on this one. Yeah, I think we hit you with a lot of different angles, but, you, man, you had some great stories. That was thanks, cool. Yeah. No, yeah. It's been fun, man. It's yeah, been thanks fun. thanks for coming on. We'd definitely do it again, you know, yeah. and you know, bring your wife on. We can hear the wreck from her perspective. Yeah, you know? yeah, she was, uh, yeah. she was a little razzled. Well, we need to do that, though, with at least our wives or something and just – see what it's like yeah we need to get the ladies side. on here my wife would like to talk about like what it's like to get ditched during hunting season so yeah. she wants to do a podcast on that so. yeah my wife would be the same and with golf too yeah. she would do that she'd probably be like he's not even good but he golfs all the time <laughs> you know, i'm yeah. trying it's like every one of us yeah <laughs> yeah it's 90 percent of americans yeah <laughs> you know, or less yeah 
but I'm worse than 90%. Like the 90% of the golfs and is bad, they're still better than me. So You're not that bad. I'm pretty bad. Like I think if I put a little more time in, I could get a little bit better, but I'm never going to be a great golfer. Yeah. I'd much rather go for a hike or when I keep telling people like go fishing that I'm changing how I swing and stuff. I've never been to the driving range just to go to the driving range to hit. Oh. The only time I ever end up at the driving range is after I play a round of golf and then I don't play golf again for another month. I'm like, oh, I figured it out. I'm hitting straight. Yeah. <laughs> then you start playing and it's nothing like that. But you're a pretty good golfer. For as little as you've golfed, you can still drive the ball pretty well. Mm. I, I mean, yeah. I've seen I bet you got it in you. Dude. Hard right. Well, but he's, a, you know, he's comes from that athletic background with playing, you know, baseball at a pretty high level. And then, yeah. you know, like that translates over to wanting to be competitive in golf. And, Definitely. Yeah. So you got so. that full on baseball swing. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah. Uh, but I am going to get my PGA card pretty soon, I think. Oh, yeah. Since I'm the NHL commissioner now. Yeah. I can pull some strings, get it done. <laughs> yeah, you got some contacts. Yeah. Well, Cody, thanks a lot for coming on. Appreciate yeah. it. Say thanks, hi man. to the Golden Doodle. We'll do. Uh, yeah, we'll do. And we'll see you next time. We'll do it again. All right, man. Absolutely. Thank you, Thanks. <laughs>